Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam again. It's good to be with you again. I trust you are all having a good and blessed day. Uh, yesterday, you know, we we talked about uh, how healing and miracles are a part of the gospel, uh, that the gospel is not just a gospel of the forgiveness of sins, but it's also a gospel of healing. And uh, we will kind of continue on that theme the next few days. But I want to start by telling you uh, a story. And uh, this is this will illustrate to you the power of the gospel. This was um, many, many years ago in the late 80s. I was doing a crusade in Malawi in the city of Blantyre. There's a f uh, football, soccer stadium there. It's one of the smaller stadiums. It's called BAT Ground. And we were holding a crusade in the BAT Ground and the field was packed out with people. It was a soccer field, football ground, packed out with people. And on the last night, what happened, I mean, there was such a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Miracles began to take place all over the place. And uh, right at the back of the crowd, there was a beggar. He was, uh, uh, he was paralyzed since birth and he, he, he used to crawl on the ground, drag himself, you know, with his arms, just crawling on the ground. And when the power of God hit him, he jumped up and he began to run. And uh, he ran and people were shouting, excited. There was just tremendous excitement. And he ran, he ran out of the stadium. Instead of coming to the platform to testify, he ran out of the stadium and people ran uh, behind him. And when he went outside, he was running through the street. So there was a lot of uh, commotion and people were asking what happened and others told them what happened. So what happened that was that we ended the crusade that night and uh, the news of this miracle and about the other things that the Lord had done began to spread. And the next day people came, people from out of town, uh, from villages around Blantyre and you know further out, the news began to spread. So people began to come uh, and an amazing thing happened. On Tuesday when they came, there was nothing there. All our equipment had been removed. All that was just an empty field, but these people didn't know. They just came expecting something. And the amazing thing was that uh, as soon as they set foot on the ground, people were healed. And this went on for a whole week. People were coming from far off towns and villages when they had heard of what the Lord had done. And uh, it was reported to us that as soon as they set foot on the ground, people were healed of all kinds of diseases and infirmities. And I'd never seen a thing like that before, never heard of such a thing like that before. But, but this is a truth that the gospel of Jesus is so powerful that when we preach the cross uh, and the blood of Jesus, when we preach Christ crucified, I believe that there are times the gospel, uh, the power of the Holy Ghost can even permeate the ground where the gospel is preached so that people are healed. It's uh, like... Uh, Peter's shadow fell on people, uh, the sick, and they were healed. And uh, people touched the hem of garment, uh, hem of Jesus's garment, as he walked by, and they were healed. And those things are still possible today. We just have to stretch out in faith and touch Jesus and believe Him for great things. Those things are even for today because our Lord has not changed. Amen. Now. As I said, we're going to talk more about healings and miracles and things of that nature. But uh, uh, before I go into this study, I'm going to also during this course of time, I'm, I'm trying to answer. I'll also try to answer some of your questions, but that will be more towards the end because, you know, there's a lot of 
questions that people have uh, about why isn't everybody healed, you know, all those questions. And uh, I will try to answer those. And um, uh, but I want you to keep in mind that we don't have all the answers. We, you know, uh, Peter said in his epistle, he said that all things that pertain to life and godliness uh, has God revealed to us through his word, through his exceedingly good, you know, great and precious promises. So we just know that which we need to live our lives on this earth in godliness and, uh, and, and in faith. And that God, God shows us in his word that which we need to know. There's many things we will not understand. We will only come to heaven. I'm sorry, which, which we will only understand once we get to heaven. But the things that we do know that are in the Bible, those are the things we must believe. And those are the things that we must preach. And the things that we don't understand, we should never form a theology based on speculations uh, because there are certain things we don't understand. Like, for example, we assign certain reasons why certain people have not gotten healed and we build, we incorporate into it, into our theology. And the moment we begin to do that, we end up with a mess and it affects people's faith. It affects people's expectations of God. So there are certain things, certain questions. It's better don't even let your mind go there, but put them on a shelf. But what is in the Bible? Believe those things and, and believe God and preach those things. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the things, uh, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed to us and to our children forever. So the secret things, the hidden things, they belong to our God. Don't touch them. But the things that are in the book that are revealed to us, those are the things that belong to us and to our children. And those are the things that we live by and that we preach. Amen. So that's why I want to stay with the word. I don't want to go off into into, you know, as they say, into left field or to the right field or to any other field. I want to stay with the Bible, what the Bible teaches. Now, the first thing I want to talk about uh, as we launch into this is uh, God's view of the human body. How does God view the human body? Because some people have this attitude that it's almost like the spirit of man that is important because, you know, man has that uh, uh, threefold nature and all these three things put together uh, make up a human being and that's the man's man is spirit soul and body and that we all agree on man is spirit soul and body the spirit is the eternal part of you that that's where the spirit of god lives that's where that's the part of you that's born again now and then the soul is your is your mental your emotional part and that part has to be renewed so it comes in line with the word of god and then of course we have the physical body that's the temple we live in but uh, we can't like separate two, them too much and build a theology on each one of them separately because we are man, uh, which, uh, you know, there's a threefold part in us, but we are not the Holy Trinity, but where you have three distinct persons of the Godhead. So you, you, you cannot, you know, take that allegory too far. But we are spirit, soul and body. And sometimes people have this attitude that is the spirit part that is important because that is eternal and the body is less important because uh, sometimes God can allow the body to rot or to go through disease so that he can sanctify the spirit and teach 
uh, man something or do a greater thing in his life. Now that I believe is nonsense because um, if God wants to teach us something or to cause us to grow, he doesn't need the devil's help. In other words, sickness or disease in order to teach us anything. He does that by the word and by the Holy Spirit. If God wants to teach me something, do a work in my life, he will do it by his word and his spirit. He doesn't need the devil's cooperation. He doesn't need anything that the devil puts on me like a disease or something in order to teach me something. But anyway, uh, this is how God views the human body. Okay. Now, of course, that being said, the spirit is eternal, but the body is temporal. It's on this earth, but uh, the body is important because this is how God views your body, your, your human body. Uh, and the first scripture I read is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it says, I'm reading to you, it says, And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. I'm reading from the Amplified. May the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, make you pure and wholly consecrated to God, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God, uh, God uh, wants to sanctify us through and through, keep us clean from unclean things and make us pure and wholly consecrated to God. And not just in our spirit, but spirit, soul and body. And that God wants our spirit and soul and body to be preserved, sound and complete and whole. Amen. God wants to keep your spirit whole. He wants to preserve your body, keep your body whole as well as your soul whole. So uh, that is the importance your physical body has to the, in the eyes of God. God wants to keep your body whole. And that is why when Jesus died on the cross, he bore our diseases so our body can be whole. Now, the second scripture I want to read to you is 1 Corinthians 6.15. It says, do you not see and know that your bodies are members of Christ? So our bodies are members of Christ. Our bodies are part of Christ. That's what the Bible says. It says, and the Amplified actually says, do you not see and know that your bodies are members or bodily parts of Christ the Messiah? That means that this physical body of mine, this is actually a part of Christ because Jesus lives in me and my body is a part of Christ. And that's why to, to lay hands on the sick, he uses these hands. And he says, when I go and preach the gospel, my feet are beautiful because uh, you know how, how lovely are the feet of those who go and preach the good news. So uh, our bodies are members of Christ. That's what 1 Corinthians 6.15 says. Ephesians 5.30 says, in the King James, it says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. So our we are actually parts of Jesus. We are parts of Jesus, of his flesh and of his bones. Then 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, it says, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? and you are not your own for you are bought with a price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are god so both my spirit and my body belong to god and my body is a temple of the spirit 
It doesn't say just my spirit is a temple of the spirit, but my body, this physical body um, uh, is a temple of the spirit. And, and that is why, although the, the Bible just say in, uh, does say in Proverbs that the spirit of the man, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And of course, that is the deepest part of me, my spirit. But, you know, think of the times, uh, I think of the times I felt the anointing in my hands, in my feet. Uh, and, you know, it's... Uh, that, that is because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is, it, it is important. That's the importance of the body. Third John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep, will, keep well, even as your soul keeps well and prospers. So uh, here we see that God wants your body to be well. In the King James, it says, Beloved, beloved, I wish above all things that you may, may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So God wants your body to be in good health. He doesn't want you sick. He wants you to be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So the prosperity of your outer being depends upon the prosperity of your soul. If your soul does well, your body will do well. So uh, there's, you know, it's very important that we we actually uh, feed our our inner man, you know, feed our inner man and see to it that we are strong in the inward man because the condition of the outward man depends upon the condition of, of the inward man. So it says God wants your soul to prosper. And in this case here, soul doesn't just mean your mind, but it's your, the combination of your spirit and soul, your inner man. So as your inner man prospers, uh, according to that, your, your, your body will also be well. So God wants your body to be well. So it's not just divine healing, but it's also living, living uh, in divine health. We, we have to uh, understand this because one thing we have to do is that when we understand these truths, we will fight sickness and disease. We will never accept sickness and disease as a natural part of me. We should never, I mean, even if you're born with sickness or you've got something hereditary in your family, you should never accept it as your fate or that this is God's will for your life. It is not. You should fight it until your dying day. I'm going to fight. My body is not perfect. And I, because I live in an imperfect world, in a foreign world, and I'm a sail from all sides, but, but whatever it is that comes and touches my body, I'm going to fight it, fight the fight of faith to overcome that. I will never accept any sickness or disease or, or, or affliction, physical afflictions as part of God's plan and purpose for my life. So that we have to understand. And then uh, in Romans 12, 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service and, and spiritual worship. So it says that we should present our bodies our physical bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord because that is our spiritual service. So spiritual service is not just serving spiritually in the sense that, uh, you know, I, 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 it doesn't matter what my body is like, but I just serve him spiritually. But our, our spiritual service is not just giving ourselves to him spiritually, but also giving ourselves to him physically and saying, God, here's my body. 
and presenting our body as a living sacrifice and expecting God to touch my body and ministering to my body and heal my body. And so a healed body presented to God as a living sacrifice. So healing health and health should always be uh, a striving for us. That's the direction in which we are moving. Anyway, now let's talk about the causes of disease. There's sickness and disease in the world and this cause. Why are people sick? Firstly, there's a general cause of disease on this earth and that is the fall of man. We live in a fallen world uh, and you know, because of the fall of Adam, man fell. The world is, is a fallen world and and that is why there's sickness and disease rampant around us. That is just the way it is. And, uh, you know, that that is why and that's the way it is. We live in a fallen world. And if you want to know why is there sickness in the world, it's because we live in a fallen world. But now, but individual, you know, causes of sickness, the greatest cause why people are sick is Satan uses people's unbelief or lack of knowledge. Um, Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, most, most people, uh, Christians, they are sick because they just don't know. They, it hasn't been, uh, uh, you know, preached uh, much to them that Jesus Christ actually bore your diseases and carried your sicknesses and uh, and with the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. And because Jesus paid a price for your healing, you actually have a right to be healed. It's, it's a right and a privilege of every believer. In fact, in the Assemblies of God, you know, Article 12 uh, of our 16 Fundamental Truths, it does say that, that, um, that healing is provided for in the atonement. And it is the privilege of every believer. But very few people actually preach it. It's in there. It's in the papers. We sign under it, but very few people preach it because uh, I don't know, whatever reason people have for not preaching it, very few people preach it. It may be mentioned sometimes, but here's a spiritual truth. I want to share this with you that people will only believe that which is preached much to them. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If I want to uh, see a certain result in my congregation, I should preach that a lot. If I want my people to live above poverty, I want them to prosper, I should teach that, teach that, teach that until they get it and they live a life of giving, a life of sacrifice. If I want people to live uh, in divine healing, I want them to be healed, live in divine health, then I should preach healing, preach healing, preach healing, preach, teach them what the Bible says. Now, if I just tell them, well, Jesus bore our diseases and you can be healed and give that a cursory kind of, you know, mention once in a while, I'm sorry, we will not have many miracles in our churches. That's just the way it is because people will only have faith for the things that we preach a lot. So we should have that targeted kind of ministry. This is what I want to see. And so I'm going to preach this thing. Okay, so uh, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Most people just don't know, you know, most people don't, uh, they don't have that deep, deep conviction in them that Jesus has borne my diseases and because he paid the price, I actually have a right to be healed. Now, we preach salvation a lot, so people have strong convictions about them. In fact, the devil could never talk them out of 
believing that they are saved, uh, even if they have had a bad day, they still believe they are saved because that's what's preached to them. People will only have faith for that which is preached to them. So uh, people's unbelief, there's two kinds of unbelief. One is unbelief, which is a lack of knowledge. People don't know. And because people don't know, they don't have faith. It's not their fault because it's never, it's or rarely preached to them. The other kind of unbelief is when people know but they don't believe it because the intellect and the mind gets in the way and they have to rationalize everything and it doesn't make sense. We live in a world where there's education and intellectualism in Western countries, especially in Europe and America, and everything people hear in the Bible, it has to be processed through this thing. And then if two and two don't add up and make four, they have a hard time believing it. So that's why many people, they see things in the Bible and they just have a hard time believing it. That's another kind of unbelief. So they don't believe it or they're not fully persuaded of it. That's what I mean by uh, unbelief, not being fully persuaded. While faith is being fully persuaded, no matter what the mind says, you train yourself to believe the Bible says it, uh, God is saying this and I believe it and that settles it. So that's the first reason people are sick. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. The second reason people are sick is because sowing and reaping. Uh, Galatians 6.7 says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man soweth that he shall also reap. And these are common things. Some I call them innocent sins, you know, no sin is innocent, but we don't think much of them as being really bad things. Things like uh, evil speech, uh, things, you know, evil speech or bitterness or unforgiveness or envy and envy. Who thinks envy is that bad? But it is. I mean, you know, or uh, or or gossip. You, you gossip about people. You, you tell things that are not true. Uh, these are actually things that are dangerous because uh, if you sow in unrighteousness, you you will reap disease and death. If you sow in righteousness, if you sow faith, if you sow blessings with your words and your deeds, uh, you shall receive life and health and blessing. But if if we sow uh, unrighteousness, we shall receive diseases and sickness. And, and, and a lot of times, a lot of people are sick because of these little things that we don't really pay much heed to because we think, okay, that's just the way it is. But it shouldn't be. We should live in victory over these things. And uh, the third reason is uh, personal sin and unwilling to repent. Now, I must say that most Christians are sincere. They, you know, they, they, they don't want to live in sin uh, and, uh, and, and they're quick to repent. Even if then, you know, we all have faults and God sees that, but we are quick to make things right. But there are a few cases. There are a few people on the fringe who actually live in sin, they live in adultery and they don't want to repent. I mean, they, you know, I'm, I know, I know people who say they're Christians and they have an affair on the side and they know it's wrong, but they still do it. And, uh, uh, but that's a fringe element of people. And there's a few people who do that, very few people. And I've met maybe, you know, I can count them on the fingers of one hand, the people like that who I have met. So, but I must mention it because it is there. So there are many people who are sick because of personal sin and, and unwilling to repent. Then there's spirits of infirmity. Now, this is interesting. Uh, the spirits of infirmity are, are like evil spirits who cause diseases. Like some people are afflicted by the devil in their soul, in their mind. Uh, and in the, in the same way, the devil afflicts the physical body. 
and uh, he, he causes sickness and disease in, in people's bodies. Remember when Jesus cast the spirit of infirmity out of that woman? And I've, had, I've done that. I've had to cast spirits of infirmity. And it's not just healing, but it's actually a spirit. And how do you know the difference? Well, the Holy Spirit will show you. When you speak in tongues and you walk in the spirit, the Lord will show you what it is. So, uh, you know, you cast the spirit of infirmity out and, and people are healed. Now, that doesn't mean that the person is demon-possessed. For a person to be demon-possessed, a person's spirit, soul, and body have to be totally under the control of the devil. And that can never happen to a Christian. A Christian can be demonized in his mind. He can be attacked in his body, but he can never be demon-possessed because uh, Jesus lives in him. The Holy Spirit lives in him and the devil can never, never, never possess him. Uh, but he can be attacked in his mind and his body and we have to fight that by faith. And uh, then the other causes of sickness and disease are things like living in worry, living in fear. You know, a lot of people are sick because they live in fear or they are always worried or lack of exercise. They live unhealthy lives. They eat uh, food that is not good. Listen, if you eat hamburgers, your life revolves around donuts for breakfast with coffee and hamburgers for lunch. Believe me, you're going to get sick. You're going to have uh, you know, a general unhealthiness in your body. And then you'll wonder, I believe in healing. Why is this? But you know, we have to. Our body is a temple. And uh, if you fill it with garbage, you will, you'll get garbage. So we have to be uh, you know, sensitive and careful with what we put into the body. I'm not saying become a health freak, but I'm just saying live clean, live healthy. And then also uh, misuse of tobacco and alcohol. You know, people smoke, smoke, smoke. People drink, drink, drink. Those are things that cause diseases and hereditary diseases. Sometimes there's diseases in the family. People get sick because of that. And those are things uh, that have to be broken. We have to take authority over that and, and curse the devil and curse that disease and curse that thing and say that, that uh, through the blood of Jesus, every hereditary uh, thing in my life that is spiritual things, emotional things and physical things have been broken. We, those are things we have to take authority over and confess that we are free from every curse that comes down our family. And uh, But must remember that, but through Jesus Christ and his cross, there is redemption and healing from every disease, physical and emotional. It doesn't matter why the disease came there, how it came there, through Jesus and through his blood, we have freedom from all diseases and all infirmities. And that is the good news. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who can hear my voice. I ask you to thank you, Father, to impart faith into their hearts to rise above every circumstance, rise above sickness and disease and infirmity. I thank you that you have said that with the long life, you will satisfy us and show us your salvation. I ask you, Father, every, anybody who is hearing my voice right now, if they have any sickness and disease, I curse every disease and infirmity. I speak life and health to you in the name of Jesus. God bless you. We will continue with our study tomorrow. God bless you.